0: So, what were you doing on the 4th of February this time um, this year okay so it was 52 days ago what were you doing you were doing something at this time um, 52 days ago now don't worry it's not a significant date it might be for you and you might be able to remember exactly what you were doing but I wonder if you can know what what were you doing that day what about November the 17th 2020 at about this time 11 a.m ish you know 131 days ago you were there you were doing something can you remember it again it might be a significant time and you might be able to remember what you're doing but you know I could say dates and dates and dates couldn't I and times where you were there you were alive and yet those days just kind of seem like a distant memory like a, a, a fog in the past and and we were doing something and yet now that time is gone we'll never have a 4th of February 2021 again we'll never have a November 17th 2020 again it's gone And yet, we can't remember it. We were there, but it's gone. Back in Ecclesiastes 1, we started to think about this book and the themes it was going to look up and and, and help us to see. And it talked about life as a vapour, life as meaningless, life as um, like a bubble. You know, when you blow bubbles for children who like to run around and uh, and run after them, if you try and catch one of those bubbles, it's just gone. And that's like life. You try and get hold of it, but it just slips through your fingers. Uh, As I said uh, many weeks ago now, I'm sure we all do things every day and they're just part of the routine and when you look back on the last half hour, you can't remember what you've done. It's just gone. Time is just gone and you'll never get it back. In this last chapter, in chapter 12, the teacher wants us to to understand something and he wants to help us with something. He wants us to help us with this. He wants us to not waste our lives. And so in this chapter, he's going to help us to say, well, how can I not waste my life? How can I make the most of every moment? This life is precious. In our house, I get mocked for many things, as I'm sure you can imagine. One of the things is my choice of size of spoon for a dessert, for a pudding. I always like to have a small one. Do you know why? Because it lasts longer. It makes the pudding last longer. You know, and I I get mocked for that. Maybe there's other people who uh, do that as well. If you do, let me know so I don't feel so strange. But uh, it makes it last longer. How can we make the most of life? How can we not waste it? Well, this is what the teacher wants us to see this morning. See, this life is a precious gift. We only get one. How can we not waste it? See, if we're going to make the most of it, we need to make sure we're listening to the right voice to help us, don't we? We don't want to listen to somebody who doesn't know what they're talking about. So who are you listening to to help you to make the most of life? Who are you listening to to help you answer the big questions of life that then form our kind of reason for living well i've used this illustration many times but i think it helps us so i'm going to use it yet again i want you to imagine you wake up in a room and there's four white walls white ceiling white floor and as you kind of come around you notice there's three other people in the room with you and soon enough obviously you start wondering well why are we here you know one person says oh i know why we're here this is a reality TV program. And there's cameras here. They're going to watch how we react to each other. And we're, you know, that's what's happening. This is a big test, a big experiment. And we're going to be famous when we get out of here. Somebody else says, well, no, 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 no. This is obviously we've been abducted by aliens. You know, they're going to come and do tests on us. So you better watch out. And the next person says, no, don't worry. It's all just an illusion. We're not really here. You're not real. I'm not real. This is just a dream. Now, who do you listen to in that room? Well, the problem is, anybody in that room is just guessing, aren't they? They're just guessing nobody knows. What you need is you need to hear a voice from outside. You need to hear somebody who who knows the real answer, not just guessing, not just thinking, oh, I think this. When it comes to the Bible, we hear that voice from outside. We hear God's voice. And it is a voice we can trust. Someone we can explain to help us with the reason why we're here if we do if we want to make the most of our life if we don't want to waste our life then we need to make sure that we're listening to the right voice and we need to hear the voice of god in the bible god is referred to in many different ways in some places he's a king in another place he's he's described as a husband or a warrior or a father or even a protective mother and looking at each one of those will help us to see more about our glorious god won't it but this morning, God is described in three different ways in this passage. And I want us to look at these three words to help us to see why we should listen to God and how he can help us to not waste our life. So the first word in verses one down to eight is this. God is our creator. God is our creator. How can we not listen, uh, waste our life? We need to listen to God, our creator. Look at verse one with me. Remember also your creator, in the days of your youth before the evil days come and the years draw near of which you will say i have no pleasure in them see remembering god as your creator will help you not to waste your life how well he's telling us here remember your creator in the days of your youth now before you kind of write that off it's like well i'm not young you know i'm not a youth actually the the window of age here is quite broad as you'll see now Because in verses 2 to 7, he describes what he means by, you've got to remember your creator before you get to the stage where you don't have any pleasure in your days, where you are struggling, where you're dying, really. Because in verses 2 to 7, we get this description of death. Look what it says in verse 2. Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened and the clouds return after rain. After, you know, when the clouds gather and they don't go back, go away. When it gets darker and darker when death is drawing in and in verses three to five we get this description of a house and it's a house that is falling apart and it's, t- it's showing us a bit of what death is like and, and dying is like uh, how we get older and this house loses its glory as do we as we get older see the house could even be a picture here of of a body that's that's slowly um, uh, Decaying and, and, and dying. It talks about windows being dimmed in verse 3, the eyesight going, the doors shutting, and the grinding is low, teeth falling out. You know, it talks about um, not sleeping much and being woken by a bird singing. Verse 5 they are afraid also of what is high and terrors that are in the way. You know, when you're younger, you can fall over 5, 10, 15 times a day and you bounce back up and everything's fine. But when you're older, you know that if you fall, it could uh, really severely impact your life. We're f- afraid. We get scared of things we weren't usually scared of. Or what about uh, verse 5? It talks about um, the, if we've got any hair left, then it is like the almond tree that blossoms. You know, it's white. It's gone white. It's gone grey. You know, it talks about... Uh, we used to bounce around on our legs like a grasshopper, but now we drag our legs along. We're struggling. And then at the end of verse 5, we get this um, funeral described where mourners are in the street. You now, here it is. Death has been described. Verse 6 goes on. It describes death like a, a lamp running out of oil or a pitcher that can't hold water anymore or a wheel that doesn't do what it's supposed to do. And we end up as dust. Earth to Earth, dust to dust. Now, this isn't new territory for us in Ecclesiastes, is it? He's brought up death lots in this book. But one of the things this book wants us to do is to live our life backwards. It wants us to remember this life is coming to an end. Don't ignore it. Look it straight in the eyes. You need to um, really come to terms with this. We won't live forever in this world. That an end will come and live in the light of it. That will help you to live wisely. That'll help you to make the most of this life. So back to verse 1, he's saying, remember your creator in the days of your youth, before you get to that stage where you say, I've got no pleasure in life anymore. Remember your creator today. Don't ignore him. So how does remembering the creator help us? Why does it call God the creator? Why does it say remember God in the days of youth? Well, if we remember God as our creator, it helps us see what we've been learning throughout this book. It reminds us of the Bible story, doesn't it? It reminds us that when God made the world, as Tom and Bronwyn were telling us earlier, he made it good. There was nothing wrong with it. There was no sin and no sadness and no tears. God looked at what he made and it was perfect. But since then, since we walked out on God, this world is broken. It's fallen apart. We thought we could do it alone and we've ruined it. But even though this world is broken we can still see glimmers of paradise. We can still see um, things that are God's good gift to us. And throughout the book of Ecclesiastes, God has commanded us time and time again, enjoy my gifts. That's what he's saying. And when we remember God as our creator, it helps us to remember, you know, God made this world and it is a gift to us. Yes, it's broken. Yes, there are things wrong with it. But still, it is God's world that is uh, made for us to enjoy so chapter 11 verse 9 just if you look back on there it says there's a command for us there rejoice in your youth and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth enjoy life we're commanded to enjoy it um, god isn't a spoil sport is he he wants us to enjoy his gifts so don't throw your life away don't waste it But stop living for tomorrow and the things you haven't gotten you wish you had but see what god has given you today and be thankful if you can thank god for it enjoy it he has given it to you as something to enjoy his creation that we see around us the beauty friends family laughter food entertainment again if it's something you can thank god for let's enjoy it remember your creator he made all things good yes it's broken but there is a gift of god for us to enjoy remembering god as our creator also helps us with a big problem that we have see what we end, do, end up doing is we push god out of our lives and we look at the creation rather than the creator don't we we enjoy his gifts but ignore him and when we do that we get into big problems because we've pushed the eternal creator god out of our lives and still in our hearts we have this eternal void that we can't fill except with God. But what we try and do is we try and fill this void, this hole in our hearts, with things that that God has made. And they're not big enough. They don't have the capacity to satisfy us. And so we turn to things in this world to give us what only God can. So we seek comfort from sorrow in food, and pleasure, and entertainment. It might help us escape for a bit, but the film comes to an end. The food finishes see, these pleasures don't last. There's no deep healing and help. We long for God, but we look for it in this world. That's why we can try and seek our purpose and our meaning through our achievements, or through work, or through family, or through fame. And they promise us so much, but what happens when they let us down? When we don't Uh, get the promotion we wanted when we're not as successful as we thought we were going to be in our career when our family instead of being the perfect picture family is actually falling apart we feel crushed because we've turned a gift that god has given us into into an idol remember your creator he's given you these gifts to enjoy with him not apart from him it's why we try and find satisfaction in relationships or in money or in power and we see time and time again these things don't fill us up. Raquel Welsh, who is a particularly famous actress in the sixties and seventies, said this I had acquired everything I wanted, yet I was totally miserable. I thought it was very peculiar that I had acquired everything I'd wanted as a child. Wealth, fame, accomplishment in my career. I had beautiful children and a lifestyle that seemed terrific, yet I was totally miserable and unhappy. I found it very frightening that one could acquire all these things and still be so miserable. You see, we can push God out, try and fill our hearts with his gifts, but it doesn't work. Remember your creator. Enjoy his gifts, but with him, don't push him out. See, that reminds us, doesn't it? This life isn't forever. Enjoy it with him. Remember your creator in the days of your youth before you get to that stage where you say I I don't want to live anymore now this is another thing to help us with perhaps you're watching this and you're not a Christian but you're interested you know maybe you've been listening in or watching these services um, over lockdown and you're intrigued by it you're interested and maybe over these last few months you've come to see that you think this is true you know that deep down God is real you know he loves you You've understood something of Jesus dying on the cross and how important that is. Some of these things are starting to make sense. But here's what can happen very easily. You don't follow him. You don't trust in him. You don't come to him and say, God, I want, I want to follow you. You kind of push him to the side. You put him off. You delay. You say, oh, not today. I'll do it next time. I'll do it next week. I'll do it next Easter. Or maybe next Christmas. Or... And we keep delaying. You keep putting it off. I'll deal with it one day. But you see what this is telling us remember your creator today before it's too late who knows how many days we've got left who knows how much of our capacities we'll still have if we think oh i'll just wait till the last moment of my life and then i'll trust we might not be in a position to be able to accept and so today is the day of salvation don't put it off stop saying i'll do it next time or i'll wait till i get you know what are you waiting for what more do you need maybe you just need to say today Lord Jesus I believe forgive me help me to follow you just reach out to him that's all it is but don't put it off what more are you waiting for you know it's true so believe remember your Creator in the days of your youth see God our Creator that's going to help us to not waste our life the second word that is used here to describe God is God is our Shepherd verses 9 to 12 and again in these last verses we get a a summary really of what we've been looking at in this book and he tells us look these words that you've heard um, they are verse 11 like goads what is a goad well it tells us isn't it something that is used by the shepherd it's a stick with a, a sharp pointy bit on the end maybe a nail on a stick on the end and shepherds would use this stick to to kind of poke the sheep and to keep them on the path you know to keep them walking in the right place now i wonder what you think of when you hear that sounds a bit cruel does not it poking sheep with a nail or with a sharp stick but you see if the shepherd weren't to do that what would happen to the sheep the sheep would wander off the sheep could go and walk off a cliff and kill and, and die a sheep could be exposed to enemies such as wolves or lions or whatever kind of um, things when to attack them a, a sheep could be Uh, lost and open to the elements of the weather. So this shepherd is thinking about the sheep, knows what's best for the sheep, wants them to get to green pastures that they need, and so he pokes them. Come on, it's going to hurt, yes? It's going to be uncomfortable, it's not going to be pleasant, but it's there because the shepherd cares. He can lead them to where they need to go. Here in this verse, it talks about the one shepherd in verse 11. See, we need to hear the words... Of the one shepherd. And sometimes those words are going to hurt. They're going to be uncomfortable. They're going to poke us in places we don't want to be poked. But God does it because he loves us. I wonder if you've heard them. I wonder if you've even heard them today. We don't like to think about the day when we're going to die, do we? And yet, time and time again in this book, we've been reminded of it. Like a sharp poke in the side. I don't want to think about it but we need to god loves us too much to let us just wander off do you live in the light of that are you living in the light of the truth of god's words that one day we it will be the end for us the good shepherd loves you too much to let you wander off come on he says think see as we've looked through the book of ecclesiastes it's told us that every one of us we've all failed we're all sinners it's not nice to hear is it again it's like a poke in the side but if we don't understand that, we'll never understand ourselves. The Bible tells us that we can't be good enough for God. As we read through God's Word, it tells us we'll never reach His standards. It's not nice to hear. It does, tells us that we deserve to face the wrath of God for our rebellion. It's not nice to hear, but we need to hear it. God is warning us. The Bible tells us that we're not the Lord of our lives. We're not the boss. We need to listen to Him. Let Him tell us uh, the right way to go the right things to do. We don't know it all. We don't have all the answers. But God does, and so we need to turn to him. Now, these things aren't nice to hear, are they? And the message of the Bible is offensive. It's going to hurt. If it doesn't hurt, then we're probably not understanding the Bible correctly. We are like sheep. We need the goad. We need the sharp, pointy stick to, to, to get us back in line. Can you see the danger if the shepherd just said, go on then, just do whatever you want? Then we'd be in a mess we'd be exposed to many enemies we'd be risking our livelihood our life so how can we trust the shepherd's pointy stick how can we trust his words well john tells us in john 10 that jesus is the good shepherd and look what he says the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy i came that they may have life and have it abundantly i am the good shepherd jesus says The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. How can you trust these words? Because God loves you enough. Jesus gave his life. He laid down his life for you. And on the cross, as we'll be thinking about on Friday, Jesus, as he hangs there, he has taken the punishment for all the consequences of our wandering and our rebellion. He takes the hit. He takes the blame for us. He loves you dearly. He loves you so much that he's willing to lay down his life for you. And so the words he speaks are because he loves you and he cares. They're not nice words to hear sometimes. They're uncomfortable. They're offensive. But he loves you too much to not tell you the truth. You can trust these words because he loves you. It's interesting when we put these two words together that we've learned about God this morning, our creator and our shepherd, Do you see what it shows us. These words are the way to know what life is all about and how it works best. That's why Jesus says, you know, um, if you, in, in John 10, he said, I've come that they might have life and have it in its fullness. If you follow me and you follow my ways, this is freedom. You know, how can a sheep really be a sheep? By enjoying green pastures, by enjoying still waters. Who can get them there? The shepherd. How do you know what life is all about? How can we live life to the full and enjoy deep satisfaction and peace? by listening to the words of Jesus and following his ways, the creator shepherd who loves you and gave his life for you. Try following his ways. Try not just listening to what we hear all around us, but listening to the word of God and saying, you know, I'm going to follow him. Maybe you've been wandering, maybe you've drifted over this time of um, lockdown where we haven't been able to meet together and you just haven't been listening to God's words and ways and you've been going your own way. And it's miserable, isn't it? jesus in his love is calling you back today he's saying come on i'm giving you another yet another chance we've got a patient loving shepherd and his words are uncomfortable but they're words of love that say come back come back to me satan wants us to believe that god's ways are dull and boring that god's ways are restrictive remember his lie in the garden of eden you know did god really say that you can't eat of any tree he's trying to He's trying to show adam and eve how negative god is he's trying to show them that god doesn't really care god wants to hold back god's restricting you that's the lie we still believe today but to counter that lie we need to look to the cross jesus giving his life because he loves you see words can be uncomfortable but they're words from the jesus uh, the, the, the good shepherd jesus who loves you so much i wonder are you listening to his words Are you making time to listen to his words? You know, Sundays help, don't they? Because we come back and we look at God's word together and and we hear his voice through his word. But are you doing it in between? You know, this is why we do reading the Bible together. Because we want to hear God's word. We want to hear all of it. We we don't want to just skip bits that are uncomfortable or a bit tricky. We want to hear it all. That's why we've been reading one Chronicles this month. Who would have thought? But as we'll see on Wednesday, I'm sure, as we always do, every book we come to, God speaks. God points out something about Him that we wouldn't have seen otherwise. God challenges us in ways we wouldn't have been challenged by another book. You see, we need all of God's Word. So let's read it. Let's listen out. And yes, we'll be poked. Yes, we'll be made to feel uncomfortable. But they're words of love. God is our Creator. Don't waste your life. God is our Creator. God is our shepherd. And the last thing in the last two verses is, God is our judge. So in the end of the matter, he says, all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. So this summarizes everything he says. What is life all about? Life ultimately is about fearing God and keeping his commandments now because that means that he's saying look live in the light of this one day everything is going to be uncovered you will stand in front of God and he knows everything you've ever done there'll be a day where we'll have to li- stand in front of him and answer for how we've lived so we're to fear God now we've mentioned this before in this book but just to underline it again when we say the word fear often we think of being scared that's not how the Bible means it the Bible means fear of God is it's kind of a mixture of all of these things it's about being amazed at who God is in awe of who he is humbled by his greatness full of joy and wonder at his love and his 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 kindness kind of all of those things mixed together it's just being kind of overwhelmed by God's greatness and love and mercy and our response must be a trembling joy that's what awe is kind of the nearest thing which doesn't really get to it but it kind of gets close is if you think of a time where you've ever met somebody who is your hero where you've ever actually come face to face with somebody you've looked up to maybe a musical artist you like or an actor or a sports personality something like that and you've got to meet them you know you have an excitement there's a joy but also there's a nervousness that's kind of a fear it's not a kind of you're not terrified you're not scared there's an excitement about it there's a but you're in awe See, that's what we need with God. We need to understand who He is. And when we see Him as He is, our response has to be fear. This, this biblical fear of, of fearing God, of being in awe and joy in who He is. And we need to live in the light of the reality of what God's like. And He says, Look, if you don't want to waste your life, remember the day of judgment's coming as we think of the day of judgment it's not something that we like to think about most again it's another kind of sharp stick isn't it that we think oh no I don't want to think about that but the, the, the day of God's judgment where we we'll have to stand before him I think needs to have two um, effects on us the first is this it has to challenge us we will stand before God to answer for our lives to answer how we've lived you know verse 11, chapter 11 verse 9 tells us um, that we will be facing his judgment in relation to as well how much we've enjoyed the gifts he's given us. So have you made the most of what I've given you? That's one thing we'll be asked about. But as we think on that day, we need to think, well, am I living in the light of God knowing all things about me? Am I living in the light of the presence of God? Or are there areas in my life that I'm trying to hide from him or keep from him and say, oh, I'll just, I'm going to do what I want to do there in that area? And God says, no, I, I see it all. What in this last week would be different if you will have remembered that God knows everything you do and sees everything you do? What would be different? What would, what would change if you'd remembered the truth of God's presence in your life? Now, this is humbling. It is challenging to think about, but that's one of the ways that it's going to help us. The other thing is this. It needs to comfort us. It needs to comfort us and help us. Why? Well, everything that we do, this verse is telling us is significant nothing goes without God noticing see that means that everything you do you can do for the glory of God he sees everything you might think oh my life is so insignificant you know nobody notices what I do nobody cares what I do but this verse tells us God cares he's seen it and and he and you can do it for his glory so maybe you think you know well I'm doing things and I'm helping people or I'm serving people or I'm doing this and doing that and nobody knows God has seen it and he cares it also means this the day of judgment's coming which means if you've ever been hurt or abused or mistreated and no one else knows about it God has seen it maybe that person who's done that to you seems to have got away with it in this life and nobody knows or nobody will believe you God has seen it And that person will have to answer for what they've done. That gives us hope. That gives us comfort. The day of judgment shows that God cares. That God will put those things right. That the things that break our hearts also break his. And he's not going to just let people get away with it. See, we've seen in this book, life can seem so unfair. You know, the evil seem to do well and the righteous seem to be taken away from this world early. And the day of God's judgment reminds us you know, when at the end, everything will be made fair and right. We can trust him. So as we close, we ask that question. I don't want to waste my life. Don't waste your life. I need to live in the light of God's judgment. And we ask the question, am I ready to meet him? Am I ready to stand face to face before God? Do we fear him? Am I listening to his words? Am I respecting him? I, am I in this joyful awe of who he is? You know, the Bible also tells us this. None of us can stand before God as we are. None of us. If we stand before God as we are, without any help or input from God, then we, we've had it. We know that, don't we? Because we're embarrassed. We know we've failed and we don't keep our own standards. And that's why the Good Shepherd came. The Good Shepherd came and laid down his life. He was taking the judgment the anger and the wrath of the Father that we deserve, Jesus, the good shepherd, was taken in our place. He was taken the banishment from God's presence that we deserve so that we can know forgiveness, so that we can know peace, so that we can know on that day of judgment that we are accepted by God because Jesus has taken our, our judgment. So when God says, why should I accept? That's all we can do is point to Jesus and say, he's paid the price for me. He's taken all my sin, all my failure on himself. And because of that, I'm accepted. Jesus has done it all. Now, if you're trusting in Jesus this morning, then do you see what we need to do? We need to rejoice, don't we? Thank you, Lord, for providing a way for me to be accepted, not on what I've done, but on what he's done. If you're not trusting, and don't delay, don't put it off. We don't know how many days we have left. trust in him today today is the day of salvation don't put him off so don't waste your life how well god is your creator enjoy his gifts don't let them replace him but enjoy them god is your shepherd and he says listen to my words even though they're uncomfortable i love you look at the cross trust me don't waste your life because god is your judge fear him being joyful awe and trembling at his greatness and live in the light of one day we'll stand before him thanking him for providing a way for us to be safe on the day of judgment turn to him today if you haven't rejoice in him today if you have and let's pray that god would help us to live our lives to the full enjoying the give, days that he's given us as a glorious gift from him we're going to sing a song to close which is going to help us think about that day but it help us think about a higher throne uh, the higher throne uh, so let's sing that song together there is a higher throne Let's pray to close our time together we thank you lord that you love us too much to let us just keep on uh, walking in our own ways we thank you for your word which so often is a gourd is that pointy stick that um, keeps us on track we pray that you'd help us to listen today to your words and to live in the light of them and lord if there's anybody not yet trusting help to them today to put their faith and their trust in you and we ask this all in jesus name amen